Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nextflix. Welcome back. Yeah. You excited, Luke? You excited to talk about this film? Well, I'm excited that I am done watching this film. <laughs> that's for sure. There is uh, a very high level of excitement in that regard. I rented it on YouTube, and I thought I, I honestly thought, I don't think it's even worth the $3 this rental is costing me. No, and we even had to extend it, didn't we? Because we like ran out of time. <laughs> yeah, I had to extend it. Yeah. So, so we ended up paying, suckering for out of $6 to watch this thing. Oh, it's so <laughs> stupid. Man. Uh, um, I think we yeah, could go ahead and... Yeah, I think we could go ahead and give our uh, our ratings for this. <laughs> okay, on our patent pended pended pended. Wow, geez, patent pending scale. Uh, Luke just got home from work. Yeah, sorry. Our patented scale of rating uh, from one to five, five being the best to go see it in theaters when it, it well this will never be back in theaters but <laughs> if it ever was uh and then one is just skip it and um and then needless to say this is a skip it yeah skip it don't this is not worth your time but this podcast will hopefully be worth your time yeah we're gonna tell you why it's not worth your time and how it could <laughs> be worth your time if they were to ever redo it yeah so um that's kind of the whole idea behind this episode is we don't want to just make fun of this film. Although we could, we could spend a long okay. time just tearing this movie apart. Goodness. Yeah. But, yeah. But I, I really want to use this as an opportunity to talk about what exactly makes this movie bad and how that could be fixed to make it better. Cause I think I texted you, this can be my opening thoughts here. This film is like so close to good. It's like every individual element is so close to being good, but all of it added up together just makes this a terrible movie. It's like if you're baking and you use just a little too much salt and just a little too less sugar and things like that. And it's just like all of it's not really far off, but all of it added together makes it terrible. And that's yeah, pretty- I think it's a really good... Oh, it's yeah, like a really ahead. good example... Yeah, sorry. I, I was like, do I continue? Um, <laughs> but all of it does that. All of it does add up to uh, a bad movie, and it just kind of does show that little details um, really make or break the entire thing. Um, so I think the framework uh, could be there uh, yeah. if they changed a, a laundry list of things. The framework could be there. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and I think talking about framework, I think one of the biggest things this film d- did have going for it, it's honestly a pretty good cast. Like, I'm, yeah, it's a good, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the cast list here. Miles Teller should have been a great Mister Fantastic. I like Kate Mara. I like Michael B. Jordan. Clearly, Michael B. Jordan's fantastic. Anyone who saw Black Panther can tell you that. Jamie yeah. Bell, he's good. Toby Kebbell's really good. Like, this is all really good actors and actresses but just bad in this role yeah and i think there's a few reasons for that so this, this entire movie um it opens and, I, and I, i'll say this the movie itself when it first starts out actually has a good um exposition it has a good start um like it, it, not long but 
albeit said, it did start out in a, in a good way of establishing some characters, and in my opinion at least, um, and trying to build up like, oh, you know, Mr. Fantastic and um, and the thing have been friends for their entire lives. You know, like they they did a good job of like building that and showing how Mr. Fantastic is really smart. Um, I think it does an excellent job in that area uh, in the start. I think it does. Yeah, I think um, now I, there are older Fantastic Four movies. The first one came out in 2005. And that one, that wasn't a huge hit either. I think it's much better than no. this one. But I actually really enjoyed that <laughs> first film. And one thing I liked about yeah. that is they were able to show Mr. Fantastic and the thing. They were able to show them that they have they had been friends for so long without having to do this background exposition. Not that a flashback to childhood is necessarily a bad thing. Um, I actually just today watched Christopher Robin, the the live action Winnie the Pooh movie. And that's how that movie so good too. Oh, I love that movie. We may have to talk about so that good. someday. Yep. Um, but that movie starts with Christopher Robin as a kid. And then it jumps forward to him as an adult. And this film does the same thing. It works really well in Christopher Robin. But I don't think it works as well in this movie. The biggest reason being, it's like they're trying to show Reed and the thing becoming friends. And I, it's just kind of an improbable world, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, sure. The biggest issue I had was the teacher. <laughs> the teacher, like, yeah. <laughs> I hate that teacher so much. He's insulting Reed. And he I actually wrote down the quote here. The the assignment was to talk about a real career in the real world. Listen, I know a little five-year-old Reed wanted to be a scientist that might be insane. He is talking about real stuff though. Yeah, he is like actually factual. Yeah, he did the assignment and you are just insulting him. You're a bad teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're totally right. Um, and it's so that it, it kind of these are like the little details that, like you mentioned, that the framework's good, but these little details didn't work out. Like that, I think I guess you're supposed to like show Reed is, is he's smart, but it's always been kind of his smarts against the world. But the way they do it with that teacher doesn't it, it doesn't work like they're trying to. And you know, you're trying to show Ben had a hard life and always had to be tough, but again, I don't think it works like they were trying to pull off. Yeah, I agree with that. Completely. Um, yeah, they... That's actually a really good way of putting that. It's just not realistic in a lot of areas. I know it's weird to talk about realism in a Marvel movie, but still. Yeah, but like even then, you gotta have some realistic elements, like the teacher wasn't believable. Um, really, even just the entire flow of, of the events in the movie. Um which maybe is a deeper discussion as we get into it more, but um, it doesn't flow in a realistic way um, with just how backloaded the movie. I would, I would say I would use the word backloaded. All the action of the movie is at the end. Yeah, um, there's nothing that happens yeah. to the last 30 minutes of the film. Yeah. And, and maybe not even the last 30 minutes, but yeah, that's a really good point though. That's a very good point about the teacher and things like that. And, and just showing the details. So how would you fix that? Because remember, we're trying to fix um, these things. We're not just trying to insult them. As much fun yeah, as that would not, be. Right, we're not just trying to tear it all apart. Um, great question. Yeah. I would fix it. Um, well, really, I would rewrite the opening in general. Um, to be honest with you, I don't really know if I would, if I would even put them as kids in the opening. 
Yeah, I was just um, thinking about that. I think you could very easily jump ahead to the science fair and still tell everything you're trying to tell. Yeah, you could have show that they were friends at the science fair. Um, I just don't, for a movie that already takes place over such a long period of time with so many things happening, you don't need to show them as kids. Yeah. Um, if you, maybe definitely references to it, but I wouldn't have spent, and they actually spent a pretty good amount of time, maybe like 10 minutes or so, explaining when they were, or I don't know the exact time, that might be wrong, but they spent a good amount of time showing that they were kids. Yeah, like we get, you were, you were children, obviously. At some point, everyone had to be a child. <laughs> yeah, that, you, you clearly are no exception to that. <laughs> well, you know, um, you know what a good example, like uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, we, we saw Spider-Man and Ned together for like a minute, and you already get, oh, these guys have been friends for years. Yeah, exactly. So, you can just tell. Yeah, you can just tell that. And you can just, there are ways to tell the story of, oh, Reed's a genius, without having to show him at five-year-old nearly blowing up his house. Yeah, the origin does not have, the origin story does not have to have the kids, like them as kids in it. Um, because an origin story by nature already has to tell so much stuff. It's just another cumbersome thing. So I'd say just take it out. Yeah, you make an interesting point there at the origin story. And I wonder if this film isn't, in and of itself, sort of setting itself up for disaster about trying to tell an origin story, A, about characters we already know, and B, in a time when origin stories have sort of started to fade away? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in that regard, if they were trying to tell an origin story in a time when origin stories are like becoming not looked upon, that's, that's a great move because it's a bold, different move. Um, it, it, it definitely, I don't think it makes it easier on itself. That's for sure. Um, I think it is doable, though. It's just, it's a lot harder of a task. It is. Um, I think the the issue, I, I, I would think, is in 2015, that's when, like, everyone was making the switch of, we're done telling origin stories, we just want to tell stories and introduce characters pre-existing. I mean, when, when did Doctor Strange come out? Because that was kind of the last real origin story in the Marvel Universe we've seen. And even that, I mean, Captain Marvel to some degree. Well, but even Captain Marvel, uh, Doctor Strange came out in 2016. That's good to know. Um, Even Captain Marvel, she was a pre-existing character. Like we didn't have to see the crash before we got to see her in the suit fighting. We got to jump into the action and then back up a little bit as a way to catch the audience's attention pretty early on. So it's almost saying if you make an origin story, like like if you show an origin story or like show a character being built like her, you have to tell it in a really different way like they did with her. Yeah. And I think that's the problem you run into with the fantastic four is when that came out, we were like the, the film world was starting to move into that different way of telling the story. And so they were kind of like the last, the last one off the bus, but unfortunately that bus crashed into a mountain. And I don't think that's actually the biggest issue with this film, but I think it is the, um, I think it is a good, interesting expose into the setup for it. That's an interesting point. That's good. So moving on from the okay. intro. Yeah, moving on from the intro, I think as soon as we see them in the science fair, which I don't know how old they're supposed to be in that science fair. Uh, there's some eight, interesting questions. Uh, 18, presumably. The cause, yeah, because he went to college like right after that. Okay. So... 
yeah, science fair is a really weird place to showcase that because it felt like they were surrounded by kids. Um, but yeah, I, I don't get that. They're high school seniors, and this is like a fifth grade science fair. What are they doing there? <laughs> yeah, it felt a little weird, to be honest with you. Like the kid at a volcano. Um, so that was weird. Um, but this is where I run into another problem. It's, it's actually casting. Okay. Um, now, the, the actors are phenomenal, so I'm not knocking on that regard. Um, but Jamie Bell cast as the thing. Um, now, we haven't seen the thing yet, but just Jamie Bell. I don't think he was a good cast choice. Um, really? Now, I think he's a phenomenal actor. I love the turn. If, if you've ever seen that series, um, he, he plays a pretty pivotal uh, role in there. But I just don't think he was a good cast because – or – they didn't miles teller and jamie bell didn't spend time building chemistry i just felt like the chemistry was noticeably weird from the first time we saw them as teenagers you know that's a good point and i i almost think that's more on miles teller than jamie bell okay. but I, I do get what you're saying i, I would want to know if you had to recast the thing who would you put instead of jamie bell that I don't know. That's a pretty hard role. Um, okay, well, let me broaden the question a little bit. What about his character didn't work for you? And like, how, what kind of different character would you change? It, well, I don't even know if it's character, though. Um, I think the idea is solid. They're best friends, and, um, and he calls them in to, to be part of this project. I think the, the concept is solid. Um, I just don't think the actors were it. Now, I don't think their dialogue was wrote, wrote well. I don't think their dialogue was wrote well. I don't think their interactions were wrote well. So maybe the solution to this problem is either A, recast, or B, a completely new person writing the script for them, like building the dynamic between their friendship and building the talking between them. Um, I, I don't know. It's almost one of those things that you can almost put your finger on, but it's like, I'm not quite sure that's like every problem of this film is like mm, i think i know it but i can't quite tell yeah you know what i mean like you're like yeah. uh it uh you know i, I so but do you i don't know what are your thoughts i i agree with you i i mean i've said this since the film came out that the 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 writing is bad and the directing is worse and i think the actors had a really mm. unfair deal because the actors were essentially being asked to work with shoddy equipment as it were i mean it's like if you ask it's like if you ask me to go and they're great actors they're great actors like no lack of talent didn't miles teller win an oscar like a year after this no he didn't win an oscar he was in an oscar winning film whiplash yeah he he is there is so no one takes this as like an attack on their acting abilities because i i legitimately do believe that each person on here is a very capable actor but you know, you give a UFC fighter a diet of milkshakes every day and they're probably not going to fight too well. <laughs> I love that metaphor. That's so good. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. Um, and I think that that's, that is entirely correct. I think the, the actors just weren't given the right tools to work. And okay, let's talk about Michael B. Jordan here. A, very charismatic actor probably the only character yeah. in the film who is at all likable because michael b jordan is so likable and even he is like he's just barely skirting by 
being a likable mm-hmm. character. Like I don't like any other yeah. character in the film. Yeah, absolutely. No, I. That's a, yeah. By the way, little little side tangent. Does Michael B. Jordan feel like the new Will Smith? He might. <laughs> you know the contrast they had. The contrast between this Michael B. Jordan and the Michael B. Jordan in um, in Black Panther is pretty substantial. So much to the point that until uh, I looked at the cast list, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's him." Yeah, it's hard because, to believe like, the same person. Yeah, because one, obviously, he looks substantially different, but two, like just the which maybe that's a maybe that's more of a compliment. That's definitely a compliment to him that he's able to you know be such a dynamic actor but but it's also like oh i didn't even recognize him um i don't know maybe that's a good or a bad thing curious out on that one i guess um but all that to say legitimately speaking um maybe that kind of changed my view our little talk there that that the culprit there is just how the characters are built in the story yeah, we, we talked at the very beginning of the season about where, like, the multi-layers of a character, and, like, characters are kind of the weirdest part of a film because there are so many layers of it. There's the writing layer, the directing layer, the acting layer, and you can fall apart at any individual part of it and can ruin the character. Yeah. And, but that also acts as a scapegoat of, like, you know, if, if the character is bad and the film suffers because of it, well, the actor can blame the director, the director can blame the writer, the writer can blame the actor. And so it can be really hard to pinpoint where the blame actually lies. That's interesting. And that almost feels like that's where we are. Because we oh, can't yeah. quite see. With that said, I do think this one leans a little more on the writing side. Um, because as a whole, this entire movie was not planned out well oh no and it's like every every line is a is a cliche that entire last argument between dr doom and dr uh um <laughs> michael b jordan's dad i forget what his name is because i no character like dr storm yeah dr storm that yeah. whole last argument is like they literally pulled it out of the cliche handbook every line yeah so I think it definitely does air more on this side of of writing in this one. And um, I just, now there, there's obviously probably some other breakdown, but I legitimately do think if they had a better script, better dialogue writers, better story fillers, I don't know, whatever they, however they do that, it's just like, I feel like that's a big part for the characters for me. Yeah. Now we haven't talked yet about Susan Storm, who, in my mind, might be the worst. I hate to say it, but might be the worst casting decision in this film. I I love Kate Mara. I think she's great. Clearly, she did really well in House of Cards, and I I remember her from older movies she was in when she was younger. But I think she might be the most questionable acting in this film. Like not even just the script, but her acting itself. I definitely feel that she was not her heart she knew that this was bad but she's like in a contract for oh. something that she couldn't get out of you know like like legitimately though i i think that she it's like she knew that that's it that i've been trying to put my finger on it but that is exactly it it's 
she was not in this film. I, and I think it is because she, she knew it was just bad. You can tell she's kind of halfway, half-hearted into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the solution to there, because we're trying to make uh, solutions, not problems. Uh, <laughs> I legitimately do think the solution lies in two ways of, of just casting, but, but probably, again, casting and writing. Almost. Yeah. Who would you cast for that? Who would I cast for Susan Storm? Yeah. That is a hard question because it's a character that. hmm. This is okay. So this is a weird movie in and of itself. This is a film that is trying to take characters that have always been adults, and we're really based off of adult concepts. Like, yeah, you know, you you. If you ever listen, if you get a chance to listen to Stan Lee's uh, talks about the Fantastic Four, listen to them because they're great. But like he built these characters after the ideas of different members of families. Like Mr. Fantastic and Susan Storm have always been based off of the ideas of a father and a mother. That's just what the mm-hmm. characters are. And trying to tell a story of a young version of that was always going to be difficult because how do you tell a story about a young mother? Yeah. It's almost like it, it was it, it was never meant to uh, be. It was, the characters were never meant to be that. Yeah. And you could have made this film incredible and I could have been blown away that you, you did tell that story, right? But this film clearly doesn't. And so I don't know who you would cast to be a, a young version of a character that is based off of an adult concept. There's people that come to mind, you know, but... Man, I just don't know. It almost feels like the system's more of the issue here. <laughs> yeah, and maybe the and maybe this film is just wrong in concept. Maybe they're trying to tell the story in the wrong timeline. And, but here's the thing, too. I think it comes back to you can definitely do unique spins on a film. Oh, you could. But you got you just gotta. They just didn't have the formula here for that unique spin. You know what? Does that make sense? Does that make any sense? It does make sense. You know what? While we're talking about this, one version, one change they made that I think worked really well, I actually did love the young Victor Von Doom. And I think he might be, besides Michael B. Jordan, that casting choice, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but that might be the best in this film. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I agree. Because he starts out, yeah. He's definitely the most developed character in the film. You know what it's like? It's like when they did the young Magneto in X-Men. It's like, that's such a great character. Yeah. That's a great point, actually. Toby Kebbell, that's the guy's name. I love Toby Kebbell. Yeah, I think he... That's a really good point. I I didn't enjoy that portrayal. It's good to see him young, because you can kind of definitely tell he's going to go off the deep end. Um... You know, just I mean, if you know anything about X Men, you know he will. But, but um, he's going to go off the deep end. You can kind of tell that. So I think that's a really good point that that they did a great job introducing him and 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 even just casting him. Yeah, and I, I think it does go to show that there are ways. There are there. Are, what am I trying to say? There are things that there are things they shouldn't have done though, like building a, a love an ex love story between Susan and him. Um, it was like briefly mentioned for seconds. Um, that was stupid. Yeah, that it's one of those things. That like there, there is 
that is from comics in a way and you know it does make sense but they they kind of touched on the story but not enough they either needed to go full fledged into it or just not touch it at all yeah they did, they did that middle ground thing which i hate and there's a part early the very beginning of the film where the teacher that teacher that we all hate makes a joke about reed making a flying car it's like okay that's a really dumb joke toward the fantastic mobile from the comics yep but but it's like well you can make dumb jokes like that plenty of movies make dumb jokes like that but they they kind of briefly touched on a dumb joke but not enough to really go into it and i think with things like that yeah you you gotta go full fledged or not at all yeah i agree it's just like i i don't think it was a dumb joke it just felt like a weird uh subplot again detail that wasn't needed yeah like seriously was not needed did not need to know they didn't develop it they didn't expand on it they just like we had a love thing oh stay away from my girl and that was it so while we're talking about doom and storm because i think we both agree that the way they told this story with with doom kind of works but clearly doesn't work for storm what's working for doom that's not working for sue well let me give a little asterisk caveat to that okay i only think doom i only think doom really works until he dies oh i i agree with you i should say that victor works doom does not work oh yeah 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 okay okay um yeah so make that yeah so victor um yeah i would that's a really good question i i my answer is i really just think that victor he was not only a good actor, I just think they actually wrote him sensibly, I feel like, comparatively to the rest of the characters. You know, in how they they set him up as this juvenile um, guy that that burned all these servers, you know, like, they just set him up, they set him up like a normal character. Yeah, you can definitely tell... Yeah, you can definitely tell Susan's kind of an afterthought in this film. Like, even when they all get their powers, it's kind of an afterthought of how she was there when it crashed, and that's how she got her powers. Like, she didn't even get to go on the mission with them. You didn't even see her for a while. Oh, yeah. Like, where'd she go? Oh, hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, she does, like, straight up disappear after the government comes and shuts it down, and then she's just gone. <laughs> it's like, where did she go yeah. when they're all getting drunk about this? Yeah, it's yeah yeah <laughs> yeah huh. i completely agree um so that's what i think victor had going for it. he just legitimately felt like it it actually really just felt like they put all the time on creating an actual character with him you know what i mean like it feels like they that's the only one that they they actually like put money into or something yeah i i made a note that reed is like the cliche nerd and ben is like the cliche tough guy in the earlier parts of the film. And I think that's part of the problem is like, like you said, they spent time with Victor, but they didn't spend enough time with anyone else. Yeah. Hmm. Agreed. So what, Agreed. what, is, what what's the next thing you, you want to talk about? What's the next thing on the list? I kind of want to, I'm trying to like, I'm just going through in my head here. kind of some of the main points I wanted to say, I kind of tackle the casting thing and the writing thing, which uh, both, I feel like are attributed to maybe just a different casting 
director um, and a definitely different writer, for sure a different writer. Um, like fire the writer. Um, I think the writer also amazing. directed it. There may be a hidden story to why it's so bad there. Um, and if you know that, please tweet us and let us know and then we'll feel bad for like calling out the director. But I'm not going to um, feel bad. I'm not going to feel bad. Actually, I may not feel bad because if you're directing it and writing it, you you really legitimately have no excuse. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you need to own it. That's kind of like your piece of crap you put into the world. Um, you know what I mean? No, um, so, okay. I, so I'm just kind of going off that checklist in my head. I kind of want to talk about when the movie does something now. Because legitimately, for the majority of the movie, it does nothing. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know, you know what I mean. It does nothing, and then they finally go to, to this other dimension, and and then something happens, and and Victor dies there. They think he died there. He falls off this cliff and gets enveloped by the green goo. Um, Stupid green yeah. goo. And, yeah, and that gives them their powers, and then they are now superheroes. Um. That- that's an interesting change to the origin story that I I think could work. And I don't know too much about the Fantastic Four in the comics. And I know I know this is very different from how the origin story is, but I think there's there are ways to tell the story this way. Because it's almost like a sentient force, this other planet they're going to. Yeah. And I think you could you could make this story work. But again, this is one of those things that they're not coming from a good place here with this story. And maybe you should maybe back up and try to, uh, uh, let me put it this way. I think this origin story of how they got their powers is way too complicated. I agree with that. And, and it's not realistic as far as like them um, as a team, almost um, like, well, like the thing, he just kind of joins them because Miles Teller calls him drunk. It's like, hey, bro, come and come to another dimension with me. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that is. And then they, that again, that's just that's poor writing right there. You didn't have the thing where you needed him, so you kind of threw him in there. Yeah, sorry, try not to go back on the same pieces that we keep talking about. Um, but that's legitimately an issue I had with that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So moving forward, then, uh, I would agree with you that this this is a it's a complex origin story. They, we didn't know much about this planet. We just know that they got their powers from it. Um, yeah, I could. I totally agree with what you're saying there. You know, I actually have a note here that says, "I forgot Ben was in this movie <laughs> because Did I keep, really? yeah, because he's like gone for such a long time, and then Reed calls him, and it's like, oh yeah, Ben was in this movie. You're so right, though." Hey, I think we'll I think we'll like better. Excellent. We we kind of stopped and restarted the recording, so hopefully the lad's gonna help. Yeah, that, I think that's that that was the thing. Um, Dope. Yeah. Okay. So we we have a thing to talk about though before we continue our talk. Yes, we. I don't know how many of you guys. I think the majority of you guys are now listening from Podcon Podcoin, but anyone who's not, uh, we are now on Podcoin which is a very Podcoin. fun app that allows you to uh, earn points when you listen to podcasts and you can spend those points to get uh, 
gift cards to like Amazon, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, I think Walmart, or you can trade those points in for donations to charities. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, it's I well, Brain and I have both been using it here for the past what what was it like two or three weeks maybe? That sounds about right. Um, yeah, and it's just a really cool way to actually discover other podcasts. Um, it's not something stupid or gimmicky or whatever like that. It's just a legitimately fun way. If you want to find a comedy podcast, you want to find a talk show, you want to find XYZ, it has it there. Um, and it's just a great way to discover things. And, um, and clearly if you're listening on podcast, that's how you found us. And we, we use it ourselves. It's, you know, we're not just saying something to put it out there and then take a check because believe me, we're not like actually really even getting a check. Um, it's legitimately something cool that that we actually find useful and that you might actually find useful. It's kind of stupid to say stuff like, oh, go buy toilet paper. But uh, (laughs) this is like, this is something that's actually kind of cool for for our tribe, for our podcasting tribe. Um, You know, if you're listening, you're probably a podcastee or, you know, so that's why this is kind of a cool fit for us to just kind of say, um, check it out. Yeah, you're already listening to podcasts. Why not get paid to listen to podcasts? I mean, <laughs> if you can get paid to like play video games nowadays, why not get paid to listen to things? I mean, no joke. That's why we're doing. That's why Luke and I are doing this podcast. We're already talking about movies. Why not get paid for it? And we've made a whole two bucks in eight months. <laughs> yes. Uh, but to be fair, our brand is new, and we're just building. So uh, uh, subscribe. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but seriously, though, it is kind of cool, and we figured that there were some people as nerdy as us out there. So why not get paid to be a nerd? And if you want to listen to a comedy thing, go get paid to listen to it. Yeah, and every podcast you can imagine is on there. I've, I've searched for a bunch of them, and I found every single one. They are all on there. So if you're into this, if you like it, the app is available for iPhone, Android, and we have a promo code where you can earn 300 coins, extra coins, just by using our promo code NEXTFLIX, N-X-T-F-L-I-X. Not Netflix, because we'll get sued. <laughs> that's, the, that's the slogan of our podcast. We're not Netflix, because we don't want to get sued. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so great. Can we please? Oh, that's so good. We're doing that. It's done. We ever make t-shirts. <laughs> That'll be on the t-shirts. Oh, merch. Okay. All right. I think so anyway, check it out, guys. Yeah. Check it out yeah, we, with, our, with our promo code NEXTFLIX. N-X-T-F-L-I-X. That's N-X-T-F-L-I-X. And the best part is it's not like a creepy advertisement that has a guy that talks really fast with all the disclaimers. It's just that's all it is. I'm Let's gonna go sp- do it. I'm going to speed up the last sentence you said so it sounds like it's one of those. <laughs> Please do. That's <laughs> awesome. Like... And just make and just like repeat it, like make it the same thing over and over. Just like, yeah, okay, okay. All right, back, let's back, back to our discussion. It. Okay, so, um, I so really the, the biggest part about this movie is the writing. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about uh, Von Doom here. Um, oh, Von okay. don't, Von don't. Yeah. Besides the origin story being botched. Um, complex origin story for way too short of a time. This is where the film is its worst because it's trying to pack literally 
probably another entire movie into the last part of the film. I, I actually timed it for when they bring Von Doom back from the other planet to when they have defeated Von Doom. It all happens in like 16 minutes and it's the last, it's in the last like 24 minutes of the movie. So what the heck? Um, that's I know. too little time to have your whole, I legitimately sat there when they killed Von Doom, even when they made, when they discovered Von Doom to the, to the little baby fight we got <laughs> and was, and I, and I sat there going like, I feel like I fell asleep for something. Yeah, like, I feel I'm- like I'm missing some, you know what I'm saying? Like, did I, did my copy like miss like 30 minutes in the movie? You know, yeah. Yeah, it's it. It's literally like they all get knocked down once, and then they're like, "Wait, we could do this!" And then they punch him, and it's done. Like that's so stupid. Like when he gets caught in an energy beam, you're like, "Oh, it's like going to energize him and make him into an even bigger von doom." And then like, oh, and it's going to go on and on. No, it just all them, and that's it. Yeah, and and you're like, oh, and it's such a weird character. Okay, and this is this is my nerdy pickiness, but Von Doom in the comics, he could manipulate electromagnetic forces to like create energy blasts and kind of manipulate metal a bit. And in this movie, they've turned him into a god. Essentially, he could do whatever he wants. He's telekinetic. He can like blow up people's brain. He's a god in this movie. Yeah, there's no reason he should have lost. Yeah, that's the like he he kills like a room full of people with his thoughts but he can't like kill the fantastic four he just has to hit them with rocks but they just hit the rocks away yeah like what that's yeah okay keep going sorry yeah but but man and there's the weird like we're killing the planet vibe which okay i get it and yes we are but it's such a weird concept for like that's why your villain is doing this Again, in the grand scheme of details, it's just another detail that's like, it's like their love story. It's, it's just, it's underexplained. It's, it's, it's a shallow development point because they didn't expand on it. Yeah, it's, there's so many details that just weren't thought through because this film feels very rushed. Like, not like the, like, well, it is way too rushed at the very end there. But I think, like, I think this film came out, like, three years before they were ready for it to come out. Yeah, it's like they didn't finish the story or something. Yeah, it is. That's a good point. It's kind of ridiculous. It's like, some, it's like someone was just, like, making it to make it, almost. Yeah. And you know what kind of bugs me about this film? And this is... Uh, this again is just on my little nerdiness thing, and I don't want to talk too much about the old Fantastic Four. There, there are these parts in the film which seem cheesy, but I I did kind of like where they kind of make references to what each character's powers are going to be before they get the power. Like in the very beginning, Von Doom makes his quote of like, "Uh, what I like about you, Reed, you're always reaching for the stars." Or they call Johnny a hothead a lot. It's like, yeah, it's cheesy jokes, but it also is kind of pointing out that they're their powers aren't just random powers. They are actually supposed to mean something and have importance for the characters. Like it it is kind of a representation of their personalities. 
And in this film, it's just like, oh, Johnny has fire powers because he was on fire when the explosion happened. I don't think it really works with their personalities at all. Oh, that's really good. It's and it's that's really good. I love the Fantastic Four so much because of like it's such a it's such an interesting way of telling a story and telling characters, and this film just kind of ruins it. Yep, it's supposed to be a big dysfunctional family, and it's just a big dysfunctional movie. (laughs) It's just a big dysfunctional movie. Uh, That that's on the next T-shirt we're making. (laughs) (laughs) That really is. That's a good one. Oh, we should put it in the Fantastic Four font. Oh, that's great. I love it. We're making a merch line. <laughs> yeah, let us know if you want a merch line. And it's up on Twitter at PODNXT. Woo! So, um, you, you talk about the details, and I just want to kind of blow through this kind of stuff real quick. Um, they, 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 they need suits to control their powers, which I actually like. I think that's interesting. Sure, yeah. But Reed's able to escape without a suit? And presumably he has to have some control of his powers for that. But then he has to build himself a suit to actually control his powers. But then at the end of the film, his suit breaks and it's just like nothing to him anymore. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point. I, maybe this is a good, good thing is that they're showing how young they are with their powers that they don't know how to control them yet. Um, that's a really good point, though. Yeah, don't go wrong. I like the needing the suit to control the powers. I think it's really interesting. It is really interesting. And I, it, it does kind of deal with the issue you get in a lot of other like origin films. It's like, oh, he sure learned to control his powers really quickly. Like in the, the Percy Jackson movie, he goes from, oh, I have some kind of water power. I don't know how to do with that, to like creating a hurricane in about a minute. Yeah, right. That's a, that's a really good point. They, hmm. But it doesn't feel consistent, though. That's in, like in, in their ability. That's a really good point, though. Man, we've been talking so negative. I do want to talk positive for a minute. This is a really cool-looking yeah. thing. Okay. The, the thing? He looks amazing. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I totally didn't even remember. I was like, okay, what is it? Oh, you already said it. Sorry. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, wow. But, yeah, no, you're totally right, dude. It it absolutely is. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. This thing is really cool. Um, that's all I really say about it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and even the the ways they use their powers are are pretty cool. They're cool powers. It's just a shame they only have them for ten minutes. Yeah, I think their powers were done well. I mean, visually, this movie's great. I just think all the other things are stupid. Yeah, man, it's so disappointing. I'm looking at the thing on a poster, and yeah, that is cool. That's that's scary and cool. Their production design in general was good. I'll say that. It was. It was. Man, I'm production not, now, design was production. Production design was not like production value was not the thing this movie was lacking. No, it was not. Now I'm looking at Miles Teller, and man, he looks so good. Why were you just so bad, dude? I just, well, he's not a bad actor. That's for sure. No, no he's um, not. We have to watch Whiplash at some point. I I just don't know if he's a good superhero actor. Maybe not, but then dun, again. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, if you, if back when, when Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came out, if you had said Robert Downey Jr. is going to play a superhero <laughs> someday, 
everyone would have thought you were crazy. Sometimes you just got to find the right character. I don't think Mr. Fantastic was it. No, which is why I'm starting my petition for John Krasinski to play him in the new Marvel (laughs) Fantastic Four. That's amazing. Uh, Okay, so I could. uh, Oh, that's John Krasinski. Oh, that's fantastic. That would be the best movie ever made. That's really good. Okay, we're we're really close to the end of the film here, and I think we've said all the stuff that's important to say. Yeah, um, there's a lot of things we can pick on here. Like a lot, I have a lot of questions. Like, why did Reed have to leave in the first place? Why is Sue the one in, in yeah. Reed? All these cliches, yeah. blah 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 blah. Um, Victor's alive, and that's stupid. I literally wrote that. Down. <laughs> yes, but it it is. <laughs> it's so stupid. But I, I think I think we are dealing with the, this big issue here of this film is very undef- unrefined. Mm. And I don't know how you would fix that other than, you know, spend another year on it or just go back to the drawing board and completely restart. Like, how do you fix a, an undefined film? Dude, with how bad this is, how badly undefined this is, I think you've got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Okay. So let's we we're supposed to talk about how to fix this film, and I think as our as our final our final assignment, let's say we are completely rewriting this film. Okay. What would you keep, and what would you throw out right away? Ooh. Yeah. You know. You know. I would keep. I would keep the idea of a young Fantastic Four. Okay. I would throw away uh, the character development. Yeah. Um, you, well, then I would. Do you want to go one at a time, or how do you, or like just in general, anything else, like add anything else? Um, I mean, I. I, I do I do think you can tell a young Fantastic Four and tell it well. I think let me put it this way. I think that's not going to be the best version of this story that we can tell. If only because of the way the characters the way the characters are written from their from the very beginnings in the comics it's always going to be an easier and better tell, told story if they're older. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's easier. I don't know if easier is always going to make a good movie, but I absolutely agree it'd be easier and better. Yeah. I, and You know, you're like, you're fighting with one hand behind your back, but then again, you can still win with one hand behind your back. So maybe there is a way to tell this story. For a young, you're fantastic. Um, some other things I would change. I, I would just, I would um, completely redo how the story mountain looks on this film. Oh my gosh. Like, it goes up for, a, for like a year and then down in a minute. Yeah. I would just remove it completely over. Like if you're going to, I don't, I'm not opposed to having Victor Von Doom be the bad guy in the first film. I think that's okay. Um, I just think it's gotta be, you just gotta read, you gotta make the story distributed 
and yeah, I know there's a lot to talk about to build it up to that place, but that's, you know, it's just too much, too long. And you know, they, the, the first Spider-Man movie, the very first one, 2001, it did that well. I think the way they handled Green Goblin in that film is how you should handle Von Doom in a Fantastic Four film. Yeah, I agree with that. Completely. Hmm. How about that? Completely what about the, agree. What about the actors? Who would you keep? Who would you get rid of? Um, I would get rid of Miles Teller. Um, really? Yeah, well, yeah. That's kind of surprising, actually, because I, I wouldn't, but I want to know why you okay. would. Um, I don't think he's a superhero. This is the superhero for Miles Teller. Okay. Um, it's just so hard to say without a different story. I, I think he has the acting capability, um, but I don't. In an adult version of this movie, if we made an adult version of this movie, I would keep Miles Teller in there. I wouldn't keep him in a teenage version. That makes total sense and is very interesting to think about. Um, because Miles Teller can play the adult. I think actually he, he would actually excel. Excel at, as a leader at you know, Mr. Fantastic. I think he would I think he would excel at that phenomenally as an adult. Um, but not as a kid. Okay. Uh, what about the other ones? Um, okay. Uh, I would I would keep Michael B. Jordan. Oh, thank you. I would keep him. Yeah. Um, I would keep Victor Von Doom um, for sure. Um, I think he's he's the best cast. I would get rid of Doctor Storm. I didn't think he'd be a good casting choice. Yeah, um, that's such a boring character. Yeah, I wouldn't get rid of the. I mean, I think the characters kind of needed, but the casting choice. I don't think the actor did good. I think that was the actor and the writer. Um, I really I, don't think that was good. I agree with you there. Um, okay. Uh, I, I would get. I would get rid of Susan as well. Um, completely agree. Yeah. Uh, ben is a hard one. Um, the guy that plays him looks so much like an adult. Because uh, well, because he is, but. But um, I just again, I almost feel like it's a Miles Teller thing. You know um, what? What a, we talked about how the Victor Von Doom is great up until he dies. I think yeah. Ben only becomes a good character once he becomes the thing. Like that's when he's yeah, when becoming interesting. Yeah, when you can't see him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I meant at all. I know, I know what you meant. It's just a good. It's a, too opportunity of a joke um but you know what i mean like that's when they finally actually get into his character yeah i agree with that that's i agree with that okay yeah you're totally right sorry i'm just thinking through that in my head now yeah that's good yeah i would you know i i would get rid of kate mara i do love kate mara but i think she's just not good for the role of susan storm and i would yep. I, I was going to say I would keep everyone else, but I think you may have swayed me a bit on the Miles Teller thing. I yeah. don't know who else you could put there, but I, I just don't think Miles Teller is it. And that may be, again, that may be something like maybe Mr. Fantastic is just not a character you can tell that young. But you know, maybe I not. But I, I'd Gosh, be. Maybe not. I, I, I don't know. I think there's a way you could, but maybe. 
I think a lot more would have to change about this movie to do it properly. Yeah. I would yeah, keep, I, agree. I, I would keep the guy playing the thing. Um I I think out of anyone he was given the least amount of chance and I feel I feel sad about that. Complete completely agree. That's why it's hard to say almost. That's yeah. a really good point. I I would cut the intro. I would like cut out the middle half of the movie and I would yep. try to expand the ending a lot more to actually be a yep. real ending. Yep, you got it. All right. That 100%. was a really weird conversation, but I really enjoyed it. It was good though because it's a good expose into like what's bad and what could have been better and how we would change it when we have big budgets. <laughs> I like how you said when we have big budgets. Yeah, it's always going to happen. Just it's going to happen. Luke and I are making our own um, production studio and we're going to remake the Fantastic Four. So let me ask yeah, one more question so, before we leave Fantastic Four. Yep. Because the rights got reverted back to Marvel, which means they could be yes. in the MCU. Should yes. they? And how should they? And when should they? Let me ask you three questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Wait. Should they? How and when? Okay. Yeah. Should? Uh, they're going to be. Um, but I, I honestly, because there's a lot of different Marvel characters that are in the MCU yet, and some that are never going to be in the MCU. Do you think they should be the ones that should never be in the MCU? I would never say never. I mean, before Spider-Man, everyone said there is no. Everyone wanted it, but everyone was like, never. Licensing from Sony, um, the character just had no plan. Never going to happen. Clearly, it's happening. Yeah. Um, so I would, I'm always hesitant to say never. I mean, they picked Guardians of the Galaxy to be in the MCU. That's a good Turned point. out to be great. I, you know, I, I'm so hesitant to say. You just don't know what they're going to pick. Um, so I say all that to say, I'm not sure. Um, if they should pee, um, uh, I no, I don't know if they should be. Okay, it's another um because like it's another it's another company of superheroes like Avenger. If you think of Avengers as Company A, Fantastic Four is like Company B. Um, now it almost talking, feels like you're talking in universe, not like the actual legal companies who own these characters. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm saying if you think of them like the Avengers is like an organization and Fantastic Four is in an organization, which technically in both storylines they are. Um, I, I just, it would feel weird. Yeah, I agree with you. I really do agree. Because um, it's such an established team and the Avengers is such an established team that it would almost be like a one-off collaboration instead of a permanent story thread um i don't think i could see that working um now marvel got some good writers but i don't know if it should okay i am uh you you seem to be on the fence but leaning more toward no yeah i think I, I think i'm on the fence but leaning more toward yes if only because okay. Uh, quite frankly, the Fantastic Four need the best chance they're ever going to get to have a good movie. And being in the MCU is the best chance they're going to get. And as a fan, I would love to see them at least try. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, and it's like the MCU, is, it's, it's the best way they're going to. Yep, completely agree. 
but I'd wait it. I'd wait a while. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more. So assuming they are going to, at some point, how should they be introduced and when? Years. Um, <laughs> legitimately, I'd say two or three years and how they have to have their own movie. Um, to start out with, um, they have to have an origin. Um, you should, it would be very stupid to bring them in as an established character without a, a, in a Marvel establishing movie. See, I, I disagree with you there because they did it for Spider-Man where they just brought him into Civil War and it worked. And I think you could just drop the Fantastic Four in in some way, I actually think through the Spider-Man branch of the MCU, um, like I think you could have Spider-Man work for Reed Richards and figure out who the Fantastic Four are. Potentially. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, there are ways to go about it. Yeah. I, I think you almost should just drop them straight in and work backwards from there. But I do agree with yeah. you. I think it should be at least five years. Yeah. It's got to be way down. It definitely has to be after whatever big shuffling of the MCU is going to happen after Endgame. Ooh, it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Well, any closing thoughts, Luke? Man, no. I am just really excited for our next flick, actually. Oh, but well, then no let, let's, let's not waste time. Let's, what's the next yeah. flick we're going to watch, Luke, since we already gave our ratings at the beginning? So traditionally, we have always picked movies that we have pretty much always seen yeah one of us has seen uh, and i was thinking about that I was like that's cool it's great to watch movies that we know are good or we know are bad um because we know them well it means something to us but then i was like man we gotta mix it up we gotta see something we we have not seen oh um we gotta just we gotta come in with fresh eyes and have a conversation about something we have not seen and really don't have too many predispositions about before we go see it okay i'm gonna pick vice as our next film. Vice? That movie about Dick Cheney? Yep. Is that? That's it. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Is that Neither in- of us have seen it. <laughs> okay. That's not in theaters now, is it? Is that out on DVD now? Yeah, it's out. Okay, cool. I was about to say, it'd be awkward if he chose it. It's like, oh, wait, it's not coming on DVD for like 10 months. Nope, it is out. It is out. Um, but I think it's, we just, I, I don't have any free uh, existing thoughts about it. And um, I don't know if you do, but. No, I literally, the only yeah, thing I know about it is that film about Dick Cheney. Perfect. So that's it. Fresh, fresh flick. All right. That's going to, uh, listeners, you're about to go. That's going to be the most interesting film we've ever talked about. It's going to be good. I'm excited. It's just so, uh, so new. So there you go. That's what we're going to do. All right. Well, tune in next time to hear us talk about Vice. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you very what much. It sounds funny to even, to even say that. It does. It does. It's going to be good. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. You can hit us up on Twitter at PODNXT or uh, I'm at I'm Braden Green. Luke's at Luke J. Flowers. Till next time. And we love you all. Yeah. See you next time. All right. Bye.